Welcome to the latest all-COVID episode of La Ventanita. <laughs> I am re your recently infected host, Carlos Frias, the editor, food editor of the Miami Herald, joined every week, which apparently every week my co-host, Amy Reyes, is still testing positive. <laughs> I think we need to alert the CDC that the Kendall variant of the COVID is you can transmit it via, via, <laughs> via internet, via, via Zoom, internet. because yeah. since last week, you have uh, been testing for uh, COVID just because you were going to go on a trip, a nice yep. little vacation, and now you are positivo. Yay, instead Sucks. I get to work for the next two weeks. Yeah. Woo! Well, unfortunately for you, you don't have the benefit of being really sick <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and being able to take some sick days. No, I got to still work through it. You still got to work through it. At least yeah. I was like sick, sick. I know. You got the light. You got the Kendall variant light. I did. Not I got the, the Rona not light. The full blown. Yeah. Yeah. I got the locale one. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're not like, you know, in a bad way. But I'm um, even I'm sad to hear that you can't go to your fancy I vacation. I know my fancy vacation is on hold, but it will happen eventually. But instead, we get to hang out a little bit uh, via Zoom, which is great. And uh, I'm, I'm still excited because I. We have a really great host who I've been wanting to talk to again for a long time. Um, but but let's get to some other stuff first, because I know that that, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for the for a while now. It's the cafecito index. Yes. You right? informed Miami. You informed Miami that the thing that they love is actually over a dollar now. Like nobody was paying attention, but it, it happened. Like, yeah, yeah. Like cafecito. We, we, the, your price went up on the cafecito. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the, the, that whole thing we looked at uh, is I basically I called 20, 20 of the popular ventanitas in Miami, 20 of like the most popular ones, Miami, Hialeah, North Miami, Miami Gardens, Miami Lakes, you know, I, Homestead. Uh, I tried to really call around to, to go to the, some of the most visited ones and asking like, hey, what is the price of your colada? And they thought it was Okay, what was the weird. range, Carlos? What was the high to low? What was the range? There was like in the, the low range was like a buck, a buck. 25 was the lowest one that I saw. Maybe buck 50 actually was the lowest one. The highest one was an outlier. It was 405. What is happening? Where was I know. that? It was Molina's Ranch in Hialeah. They and are I, tripping. I called back on a separate day because I was like, maybe this person doesn't know what they're talking about. And they're like, yo, it's 405. It's not 305. <laughs> it's 405. You that, know, they and are monsters. What that is wrong? Is, with I don't know, man. If I got charged four hundred five for a colada, you know, I might have to, I might have to bring the pitchforks. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, we've gotten away, we've gotten away a long time with a dollar colada. Yeah, it, it was too cheap. It was time. Yeah. It was time. You know, yeah. like yeah. everything's it's, more expensive, so your your coffee's gonna have to be more expensive. Yeah, I mean, there's no like bang for the buck that you can get in food. Like the dollar colada, and now even a two dollar colada. So that's what it is. Like the average price now at like t at twenty ventanitas that I called is is two bucks. It's just over two bucks. And you know what? Still a bargain. Deal with it. Deal with you it. You know what? And we're gonna pay it. You know why? Because that's our crack. That's our sweet <laughs> nectar of the Cuban gods. And we will drink it. And we will go back. And they will give them a five. And they will keep the whole thing. And we will keep coming back because we need our coladas in Miami. This is sure. true. Mm -hmm. All right. So you want to hear about the new restaurant poll? I don't. Still going on. Yes, you okay. do. Yes, you All do. Right. All right. All right. So, Tell us about as y'all totally know, fake restaurant poll. We're no. This is our poll, our internet poll to see what Miami's favorite new restaurant is. We are on our our uh, final four, and in the final four are, oh my god, four restaurants that I, I'm I'm a fan of at least two of them. Okay. All right. So. One of them I haven't heard of, which is the Certo Risto and Pizza, which just because I haven't heard of it obviously doesn't mean it's a bad restaurant. Um, it's actually near your house, Carlos, so we should go there very I've soon. I've driven by it. We should. We should. Um, the next one is Chef Adrian's Forte, okay. uh, which I haven't been to either, but I'm people sure People love Chef Adrian. They, people people love, love Chef Adrian. Yep. Um, you know why? Because all of her creative energy comes from Kendall, which is the heart of Miami's uh, creative energy. Also from Anywho, her red hair. From yeah. her bright red hair. And then there's Luca Osteria and the Key Club. So those are our final four. If okay. you want your favorite place to win, you better get to voting and then get to refreshing and then vote again because you can do that because our, that's how this totally, poll is. In our totally legitimate scientific <laughs> Totally non-scientific, low stakes. Don't come at me for a prize because this is just for funsies. Okay, what people do you, of what do you win, Miami. Amy, what do you win if you're voting favorite? 
Nah. <laughs> Patting myself on the back. To right quote now. Dominicans, un embeleco. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but that sounds like. I won't like, say the rest of it. <laughs> that sounds like zero. You that sounds nah. like no soup for you. Right. All right. Well, you know what? Enough of this foolishness because <laughs> we have somebody who is much better at being foolish than we are. Uh, today's guest is Jenny Lorenzo, Jenny Lowe. So, Jenny Lowe became Miami famous when she put on a gray wig. She turned on her grandmother's Cuban accent and became everyone's abuela in YouTube videos. Well, as you can imagine, viral fame ensued. Uh, and Jenny, who's a graduate of the University of Miami's theater and arts program, became a video star. You've seen her hilarious skits, you know, starring the uh, opinionated gray-haired abuela and a host of other characters, including your judgmental tia. Uh, Jenny, um, some of those biggest hits that you've seen are like, who needs Amazon Alexa when you have abuela? You know, you ask, abuela, what's the weather I like? And, the, you know, abuela's Ponte all like, Ponte un suete. <laughs> and she's done a, a bunch of them. One of my favorite ones was uh, she did like, a, what if Beauty and the Beast was in Miami? And it's, and it's Belle walking through, you know, it's, it's her dubbing over Belle, and it's hilarious. It is fantastic. You should find it on YouTube. Um, but Jenny's also a Hollywood voice actor for cartoons. She's an actor herself. Uh, beyond cartoons, obviously. Uh, she hosts her own podcast called Hyphenated, and it's about being in that middle section of the, the Latin American. Uh, she also co-hosts a show on the Disney Plus official YouTube channel. Official. Bah, 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 because she's a Disney nut. Uh, she and I met uh, when we were making an award-winning um, short film in 24 hours, and she was wearing a blue wig and uh, creating the first of many uh, wigged characters that we'll know. Um, and a lot of these characters come from her Miami experience. You know, she lovingly pokes fun at intergenerational conflicts, uh, the disagreements between Cuban immigrants and their Cuban-American progeny. So uh, let's talk to her about that and everything else, plus about being a vegan Cuban recently. So we'll get to all that. Uh, Jenny Lowe, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, you're so good for being on on our dumb show. Oh, please. <laughs> no, we're so excited. Like, you were, you were the first person that uh, Carlos, is, Carlos wanted to have on the show. He was like, oh, we need to have gosh. Jenny. Yeah, and I I'm know not her lying because if you check my Facebook messages, like, I sent you a message, like, months ago, like, come on our show. We'd love to have you. And of He was like, I know her. I know her. I know her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first time I ever saw you, Jenny, was in, um, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but you must have been like a kid. It was the, you did like a Gangnam Style Miami video. Oh, Wasn't that, yeah. Yeah. Like, I live Miami. Yeah, it was great. That was super oh, no, fun. Oh, no, that was the other. I did two music video parodies to Psy songs. The, yeah, the first one was Gangnam Style, and that was like in Tropical Park. We filmed yep. it basically in Westchester, which I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that, and that's, I think, why, why people relate to you so much is because you, I, I think you more than anybody else is you grab this thing that we all talked about, you know, the, the ethereal that's in the air, that's like our culture in the air, and you physically manifested it. And I think that's why it hit. And like, obviously, the Awila characters is freaking iconic at this point, you know? It's wild to me. I don't, I, I'm like, what? How did this happen? <laughs> it's... You, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about that because I will. Like, I'm sure you didn't do that skit. Like, let me nail this character because everybody's, you know, everybody's gonna know me in this gray wig, and it seems like that's that's how people identify with you now is is the abuela and the gray wig. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I think people are honestly. Not to be self-deprecating, but people are honestly not as excited to meet me as me. <laughs> like, if I ever do an event or a meet and greet, a lot of the time, it's like, is Abuela going to be? As if she's like a separate part of me. Um, I'm like, no, just me. Um, do and, people and come up to you on the street and say, will you tell me to pull my own sweater? <laughs> they have, yeah. Like, people have told me that or like to FaceTime um, a family member or record a, a video. Um, it always feels weird doing the voice when I look like myself because um, <laughs> it just doesn't feel the same. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been like this really interesting journey. And 
you know, I recently got back on Cameo, which um, is an app slash website where you can book people for birthday messages and anything you want. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, this is really and, cool. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's really... Pay me for that. Exactly. Oh my Don't... God! Yes, yes. Jenny. Like, like that I would is pay, so smart. Like, I, I would, would pay, pay for that. I would pay for that. Like, I would pay to have Awila record my outgoing message on my voicemail, a hundred percent. I would yeah, pay. I... I would pay Abuela to tell my daughter like Happy Birthday, e ponte un sweater, like, for sure. <laughs> yes, totally. And and those have been like super popular, and not just with Abuela, but with some of my other characters. But what's fascinating is that. I've gotten a good number of requests from people that aren't looking for like a birthday message or anything typical like that. They're act they're asking for me to almost be their abuela oh. and to congratulate them on life milestones because their abuelita died. Oh my god. Oh my You're god. Breaking my heart. That is so, that I know. sounds so sad. I don't mean to yeah. But and that's amazing, but that's beautiful too. That is super sweet. That is very sweet. It is, and I'm just like what has this character become? It's it's really wild to me because people know that it's a thirty five year old woman um, who you know what has no kids. <laughs> you you have a lot of institutional memory, and you're a, an actor with real chops. Um, who was Amy? Do you remember the character? Uh, was it Mama's Family? Where yeah, Vicky Lawrence. Oh yeah, Vicky Lawrence. I like that character was was a great like. She was, I was a kid. She was my age when she I know. I was a kid when I saw that show, and I was floored later to learn that that was a young woman inside that outfit. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Kind of. Yeah, that's kind out. of the southern, like that's kind of like the southern white version of a Cuban yes. abuela. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right now, there are kids that are watching you talking about you being abuela right now, and their minds are, ex their heads are exploding right now. Probably. I mean, there's even <laughs> grown adults who are like, "Wait, I thought, I thought you were in your." 60s or 70s. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about you. You've been the first time we met, you were wearing this blue wig. You put on this blue wig and you became this comic book nerd character. And I've, I've heard you say that you got a lot of mileage out of that blue wig. Like you did a, like you did a lot of funny, cool characters. I'm curious about uh, how you mentioned, you know, that people will ask you to do the voice when you're not in the character. How much of becoming that character is is literally wrapping yourself in that persona so that you can be abuela or whoever. Yeah, there's something I, I get awkward, I guess, when I'm not in character, like in complete costume. Everyone's different. Everyone has their methods. For me, it's like I don't fully become the character until I'm wearing the wig and the outfit and the whole nine. That is yeah. when I really... I don't know. It's a weird transfer transformation process, but that's, yeah, it's weird when I'm myself, I'm like, oh, awkward. And like, I kind of <laughs> half ass it a little bit and I don't really do <laughs> go all out. Um, I've been that way my whole life though, with anything relating to theater and character work. I hate, not hate, but like, I'm, I, I always feel awkward when people ask me, Oh, do the thing. Yeah. And, yeah. It's only because I feel like I'm not going to do a good job. <laughs> right, like I don't want to let You're going to let them down. I'm going to let them down because I'm like, oh, I'm this like weird. And people also don't expect me. I don't know. When I lived in Miami, I felt like I never truly fit in. Hmm. Just like how you met me. Obviously, I didn't have blue hair in real life, but that's a lot of who I am. I'm very, I guess, like artsy, geeky, eccentric. I, I didn't dress like most girls in Miami. I didn't. Um, I, again, just being a geek in general, being into superhero films and sci-fi and, and comics and video games, you were already kind of an outcast for that. At what least part of my Miami did you grow up, up in? Miami. What part Which of I, Miami are you from? Westchester. Westchester. Okay. Westchester. So I went That's to very close to Kendall, Carlos. Very close. <laughs> would, you, would you stop hijacking conversations to talk about Kendall? No. Stop talking about Kendall. <laughs> I mean, everything, Kendall. everything with paid. Amy... Yeah, because she she lives in a Kendall manse, so she's, she's <laughs> I live, very. I live in Kendall, and and I, it is like I've been paid by the Kendall Board of Tourism to somehow integrate the topic of Kendall into every single one of our <laughs> of you have our to interview. Hire to be like, come to Kendall, welcome <laughs> to Kendall. She's very <laughs> haughty. Yes. She's very haughty about the fact that she lives in Kendall. <laughs> She's like, she's like, we have like the best Chick Fil A's. Oh my god. Like, 
Um, no, but that's I, it's funny to hear you say it because Miami doesn't have. I mean, I'm not saying that you're goth necessarily, but like things like that, like goth cultures and like music that isn't like happy booty music. Like if you're not in that, if you don't, if those things, if you know, like there was no alter, alternate radio station when I was growing up. Like you barely maybe got Zeta, but you there didn't get Zeta, any. Yeah, yeah, you that didn't was get. It. You didn't get really any alt music, and it wasn't until I left for college that I realized, oh, everything is not sunshine and booty music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, and like that same tiki-tiki, like, house music that you're just like, how the hell do I dance to this? What's a tiki-tiki beat? Uh, Give me the tiki-tiki beat. What's the one in your head? <laughs> the, well, it's more like on the house music side, like, tiki-tiki. But that sounds like reggaeton. But it's like yeah. that same little well, beat. It's become that. And it's, it's, it's almost too, um, they all sound the same, yep. the beat. Yep. And I would I would go to a lot of clubs in Miami and hear the same crap. I ended up, I mean, I guess by label, I would have been considered like a hipster in Miami because I was always in Wynwood and in Vagabond and places like that where you could, you didn't have to dress a certain way. You can go in jeans and a, and a band tee to this club and listen to like Metric and, you know, all these like alternative indie folk bands. Right. And and it's like that's not the only music I like. Obviously, I love salsa and merengue and mom, all that stuff. Um, but in terms of again, that's why I have that podcast called Hyphenated because it's like yeah, I have all this like I'm super cubanasa, but then I'm like, you like other stuff. I like other stuff. Like I like yeah. banjos. I don't mm -hmm. know. Damn <laughs> well, that, it, I can you know like all the things. That's such a part I think of of like you. I think that that you hit on a particular generation of us because I. I'm like that straddle between Gen X and Millennial, like mm -hmm. uh, 1975. So, um, uh, and I feel like you really, like you really got your finger on this generation that grew up with Cuban food, but also was like introduced to the word foodie, you know, which now is like a dirty word. But, but you know, there was like a that translation of of not just. Um, being very culturally Cuban, but being culturally Miami, right? Like culturally Miami, American, yeah. the whole thing, just <laughs> like, uh, and I, I mean, again, it's, I think I'm, I think, uh, it's starting to become even more of that because when, again, when I was in school, maybe it's cause I went to private school. I don't know. Where did you go? So I can <laughs> judge you. Sam Brendan. I did. Yeah. Same ah, <laughs> I nailed the first guess. First and I always kids. talk about this, and I know it might not make any sense, and it sounds like an oxymoron, but I was the poor kid in private school. Because mm -hmm. every time I say I went to private school, people are like, oh, you must have rich Coral Gables parents. I'm like, no. My, like, no, uh, I went to Catholic school. There's a difference. Yeah. But it depends, though, because some Catholic yeah. schools were very expensive. St. Yes. Brendan was still one of the more affordable uh, private schools, which also was – Tia Gloria was created for a reason, and I'm not going to mention yeah. who she's based on, but – Someone uh -huh. in my family um, nice. used to always judge me for going to St. Brendan because they're like, oh, well, my daughter, my whatever, went to Lord's Academy and Epiphany and Belen and blah, blah, blah. That's one of my favorite things about the, the ones that you do of the extended Cuban family is how specific it is. Yes. Because like I, I didn't. I didn't expect you to be like, oh, and then here's the snobby Coral Gables. Oh, you got the and then, characters. You have yeah, to and then here's the here's the the hairdresser who's who's real like you know pragmatic and down to earth, and then here's the like the mousy the mousy little niece who's like super who's super shy and like doesn't want to speak Spanish, and then you you even threw a goth in there, and I was like, wow, she's she's hitting all of the notes here. <laughs> yes, I did. I was so scared to bring the goth out because I was like, I. I no, but that's when, one of my favorite things is to see the reactions of the different generations and the different the different family members to the totally. goth. That's super fun. Yeah, because Glado, like you know, I'm there's we're not all the same, and that's all, that's honestly been my biggest mission out here in L.A. and in the in the Hollywood scene is like, guys, um, we're all very different. Like just because you're Latino, Hispanic, however you identify, does not mean you dress the, the same way and listen to the same music and eat the same food. Um, that's ridiculous. There's like th how many, like 32 plus countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. And it's, but they try to box us all into the same category. So that's why I had, I've been having a great time with all these characters because for instance, the hairdresser Maruchi, she's more of this, like you're saying, she's like this laid back mom. She doesn't know how to cook. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care about cleaning. 
I already got that mom character. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and they <laughs> exist. Because I right. knew plenty of anal retentive, clean freak, Latina moms in Miami. But then... Maruchi's based on a lot of hairdressers that I had growing up where I would go to their houses and get my hair done and stuff. And that exists. Just because you're a Latina mom doesn't mean you like cooking. I do not like cooking (laughs) at all. Um, My husband's the one who cooks. And, you know, so breaking all those, like, um, like, not stereotypes, but tu sabes, just, like, breaking the box Archetypes, yeah. Archetypes and showing, like, look how different we are. Kind of widening, widening the spectrum a little bit of, of that of the of the the moms and the people and the characters rather than yes. just like this is you're this one thing you know. Can I yeah, ask even, you a, a behind the scenes question about the production of those videos though? Yeah. Because it feels like it feels like it's you and like another guy, and you're like, go stand <laughs> over there, and I want this shot. Is is it a production production or is it really like is it super low key and you're because it's all you. In like 50,000 different angles, like how much of a production is it to get you doing all these different characters? Because sometimes I'm like, okay, she just set up a camera and she was like, okay, this is the shot I want. You push play. Or is it, is it like, is there a guy with a boom? (laughs) Like, how is it? It varies for the average video you see, especially the simpler ones where I'm maybe playing one to three characters. A lot of times my husband is playing a character. He plays... Um, Who is hilarious, by the way, man. Yeah. Oh, my he God. Plays Benito, so the, the Cuban dad. And yeah, he, he has a really Ezekiel. good barriga. Yes. <laughs> we, really good barriga. with that barriga. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but for the, so for those simple sketches, it's usually just me and my producing partner, Kevin Bosch, who's Venezuelan-Colombian from Miami también. He used to work at O Cinema. Um, and he's been out here in LA now for about five years or four years. And he's been my producing partner now since 2018. So we write a lot of the sketches together. And so the way it looks behind the scenes, a good amount of times is just me and him. He does the lighting because we have all the equipment. Like I've, it's taken years, but I've invested in that. So we have like all the lighting equipment. He sets up all the lighting the camera, and he runs sound. Oh, the so crucial. And the most crucial me, thing. Yeah, everything, you know. And then I have an attic space upstairs that is almost like a mini museum. It's awesome. all about de casas, all the, all the costumes, all the wigs, all the props from like cafecito cups to the Keebler green tin full of rice. Oh, I have like empty butter containers. I have Publix and Sedanos and Navarro bags. I have been collect. It's like I have everything from like Manteles to Maruchi's fake nails to like Tia jewelry. Um, it's your like, Miami you're like, Museum. You're like wardrobe and prop master. Everything yes. like awesome. That's amazing. I do that and then I edit the videos myself. So I'm the video editor. Uh, That's awesome. But for the bigger productions, right? So if you see like the really big ones like... You know, like the recent one that we did, which is if the Golden Girls were Latina. Yes. yes. I love yeah. that. Um, I love amazing. that. We've, we've linked that in our story. Like, so, oh, awesome. Because I thought it was so good. It was so good. So good. Yeah, that one was a bigger production. Like, that one cost a lot of money. It, you know, we, I put a lot into some of these, um, especially every year we do a big Halloween parody. So, like, last year we did Adam's Family. We've done Beetlejuice. Now, this year I think we want to try for Scooby-Doo. Awesome. So when it comes to the bigger sketches, we always work with like another DP. Um, all and what's great is that they're all from Miami. I still That's work. Awesome. The other cinematographers that we work with on some sketches is my friend Christina Cropper, Miami native, and awesome. Ernie Prieto, Miami native. I've met him in film school at University of Miami. Um, so it's pretty neat. It's like all these Miami people out here in LA working with each other, helping each other out. Um, and yeah, like we'll get a PA, we get, like we had someone doing wardrobe and going out and shopping for all the Golden Girls outfits. Like, so, so we do go big sometimes. How, how so many, I, I think about that and like, how, how often did you grow up taking an English song and just singing it with Spanish lyrics, like on the fly? Like, tell me that was a part of your growing up. Because it was for me and my cousin Felipe and I would do that all the time. Like, like parodying it, like oh my out? god, like like uh, you know, can't touch this, 
you know, like, tú no puedes tocar esto. <laughs> Pantalones fresco y patadas. <laughs> That's a thing I, you would do, Carlos? Oh, my God, totally. That is like, so funny. There's no videos of you doing this? <laughs> no, I would uh, like there is that. now because I'm doing it right now. Now you're doing it. But like I that, know some that intro, that. the intro to that Golden Girls, because it, it starts like, gracias por ser un amigo, un amigo, right? And it's, oh, man. It just hit me right in the feels. I was like, oh, I was, I was a teenager again. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> it was great. Oh, yeah. Speaking of growing up in Miami, like, you know, and obviously we're a food podcast, so we care about food. And, mm-hmm. you know, toda esa comida, number one, I know that you can't get the same, exactly the same versions in L.A., but over the years, you've, you've tweaked it to become more and more plant-based. Like, I, you recently just tweeted something at me like... Um, that you had a vegan picadillo, which yep. like to a lot of people, like it, it, it was a sound of it was sound of, of dishes <laughs> crashing, you know, in the background. A thousand abuelas sighing in the background. <laughs> My abuela, may she rest in peace, was not around when I became vegan, or that would have probably ended her life sooner. But um, <laughs> here's the reality. So a lot of people don't know this. I went vegan or plant based, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. um, because I have Crohn's disease. Oh, yeah. A buddy of mine had that, too. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's debilitating. It's oh, yeah. Debilitating. It can be debilitating. It can be. It can be. And I started symptoms when I moved. The moment I moved to L.A., literally the week of. Oh, wow. Moving to I L.A. made you symptoms. vegan is what you're made, saying. Made you sick. Made you sick. <laughs> Out the you, gate. L.A. You, makes you people. You had a physical reaction real, to it. <laughs> it was like I just had caquita doctors <laughs> in Miami who didn't notice the red flags because I've had stomach issues since I was 19. Yeah. I had IBS and not a single yeah. doctor told me to change how I was eating. Oh, girl, I have the That's same crazy. I have the same story to report in Miami because I did go to a gastroenterologist and they were like, poop in a cup and come back. You don't have <laughs> a bacteria. They're like, you don't have a bacteria. You're fine. Go home. You're right. Yeah, but they I only care so about, about H. pylori and that's it. If you don't have H. pylori, whatever, keep eating. And because I'm, I'm a tiny person, I, I have a very fast metabolism. And, and as most 90s kids ate like shit, we just yeah. ate. Porqueria, chucheria. Chucheria. Don't you were raised on Twinkies. Yeah. I would melt yes. cheese on like bread and just eat that. Like, oh, the very, cheese like, in a can. Cheese in a can and, and Triscuits. Cheese all the time. Yeah. That like, cheese will get you. I would dip Lay's potato chips in cream cheese. I would eat at all hours of the night. And because I didn't gain weight, my mom just was like, fuck, just, you know, keep eating eat it. Whatever. Right, right, right. And I destroyed my uh, gut for sure. Um, so I always tell people, if you have IBS symptoms, please start changing the way you eat because a lot of autoimmune diseases do start in the gut mm. due to leaky gut syndrome. So if you keep, it's almost like, um, or maybe I'll scientific now, but wow. I oh care God. about Now I got something else to worry about, Carlos. You got a leaky gut now, Amy. I, I, no, <laughs> but I'm if you, that. if you keep eating bad things, it's like almost like you keep picking at a scab. Yeah. In your gut. Never and let then it heal. Eventually stuff's going to leak through and go into your bloodstream and your body's like going to learn how to attack the wrong things. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, like my that. gut leaking. I don't want my gut is, to leak. Is there, is there food that you like? What is your go-to Cuban food? Like you're like, this is worth ruining my guts over. Is there something that's worth ruining your guts over? Baca frita? Is there something that uh, <laughs> they're like, whatever, I just ruin my guts. Well, you know, what's weird is that my whole life, I actually didn't like meat. I felt like I had to eat it because my abuela was like, Prote- la proteína. So I, but I was sure. very picky eater as a kid. My grandma was always freaking out that I was too skinny. That I wasn't eating enough. Um, Cause I liked American food more. I, I, for me, I always love a con frijole, tostone, like yuca, whether it's, Yuca frita or, or regular yuca vida. That's still fair game. Yeah, I was about to say, if that's you go to Noche Buena, what are you, what's on your plate? It sounds, you just heard it. All of this? Yeah, that's um, it. Side dishes. And also, but it's, you can veganize almost anything these days. Yeah. So, like I said, I just made vegan picadillo with the same exact sazones and spices and everything, except I used Beyond Meat. Yeah. I was and my ask mom, you about it's that. funny because my mom's actually eating more vegan now. She's not going to go become vegan, but she's drinking oat milk. She's not having cheese. She's eating. She's like obsessed with plant-based meats. 
That's amazing. No one's going to. That's you, interesting. You, yeah, we're going to take away her Cuban card. I'm kidding. I'm like, meat has always, I don't know. Meat has always grossed me out. I, it was like pulling teeth for me to, to do it. I was always scared about, I'm very, I'm, I mean, I have like all these phobias and stuff. So I would always be scared of how like restaurants would cook my meat. So a lot of times I was already eating pretty much vegetarian at restaurants. I would only trust when my abuela or my mom cooked meat. So I was yeah. already a weirdo and I love animals. Like I'm a, like I will say I saved a black widow spider last year. That's uh, I think, I think it's okay to let that one go. Yeah. I think, no. I think that, you, <laughs> that sack one deserves to die. <laughs> and her sack of eggs. No, yeah. I'm always like saving <laughs> spiders and ants. I like, I'll take an ant and I like, Go out. Oh, so <laughs> I can't kill an animal. So it to you'd me it Buddhist. all lines up. Yeah, yeah you'd be a, you'd be a good Buddhist. Yep. But I was but but in terms of food though, like it was really depressing at first because I was sure. trying to figure out what could I eat to help my Crohn's, right? So I went through this whole adventure. Finally I found that plant-based eating is what helped me stay in remission. But I've been very pleasantly surprised. Because I've been, you know, I go to Miami at least once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. There's vegan Cuban cuisine. It's in Kendall. The most delicious vegan Cuban food I've ever had. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard really good things about that place. It's right I on, had it's right on bird, food right? from there. I ordered right all bird. my Noche Buena food from them because oh, wow. we had Noche Buena in Miami last year. Did you have a did you have a, a tofurkey pig? Like, <laughs> like shaped, shaped into a pig? <laughs> Hell no. Well, I don't go kid, that far. What kid Ew. doesn't have trauma from walking in and to seeing a lechon? Yes, bro. Even me. That's my even first me. memory. Yes, of a lechon splayed, like, uh, laid up with the for head. For me, it was the head. It was like yeah. the head of a, of a pig in a trash can. Oh, yeah, that's no. a, that is exactly right. I was like, the, Lord, of the, <laughs> Lord of the Flies, man. But yeah, like, I mean, if anyone's interested, tu sabes, it's actually really delicious. Like, I was, what I was most depressed about was not being able to eat pastelitos again. Oh, no. Because Cuban pastelitos were my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I'm a big, like, snacker. I love snacking. Yeah. So in Miami, I was always at Tammy's Bakery on Coral Way. Shout out to Tam Tammy's Bakery. Shout out. Shout, shout out. Shout out to Tammy's. Shout out. Um, hey, Tammy. <laughs> También Claro, Vicky Bakery. Vicky. Those are, like, my two top favorite bakeries. And I was there almost every week. Getting tremendo, like, pastelito de carne, tequeños, de queso y guayaba, croquetas. And then it wasn't until last year. Like, I started, see, people had, uh, in my area here, too, had started to come up with formulas for vegan croquetas. They'll use, like, chickpea, and I was like, freaking mm. delicious. But then in terms of actual pastelitos, no, not even portos. Portos, I don't know if you've heard of portos. It's yeah, one of the I'm most sure. popular Cuban bakeries bakery chains in los angeles yeah martha darby's always going on and on about martha them. darby who's a, who's a, my big fat cuban blog i think is, is yes thing. and yeah, i've worked with great. her a couple times she's been in some of my videos um yeah and i, and I met i met betty porto at a, at a, at a cuban dodgers <laughs> day there's a lot of cubans out here yeah that's the versailles of la is the best way to say it for people who don't know it's kind of like yeah. the versailles of la it's still Although, like again not I to take throw great, shade. It's I not take great offense. Yeah, I was gonna say I take great offense that they call a pastelito a guava turnover. It makes me want to like what? turn turn a table over. You know what I mean? Oh, like papariennas no. are called potato balls. Ah. What? Oh no! It's, you have to teach them. You got to teach know. them. Totally. Oh my god! Okay. But they know though. It's it's our Cuban run family. Yes. Like it's a family. A no, Cuban but they're probably business. trying to open it to to like gringos. They're trying to yeah. open it to. Everyone else, but there's a Portos right by me here in they Burbank. Every time I pass by, una cola around, you know, but they do more than, they do Cuban food and they do um, pastelitos and all that, but they also have like ba like cakes, like really good cakes, like typical generic, you know, so I could see why it's so popular because there's not any, there's nothing else like that, but I'm always telling my LA friends, like, you need to go to Miami and have some legit pastelitos. Because <laughs> Porto's is um, machine-made, What you right, know, right. from a what I places, heard. Even in Miami, too. A lot of stuff that you're wow. making so many of them, they're kind well, of... Well, wait, how much is a cafe, eh, eh, colada in Porto's? 
I don't know. My husband would be. I, that's another thing I had to sadly give up. Don't kill me. Oh, oh no. Wow. The, the struggle. Yeah, because the, the, the coffee struggle. made you crazy. The oh, coffee girl. made you crazy. The coffee was really bad for my guts. Mm. Yeah. I feel like but, I feel yeah, like sucks. I should stop drinking coffee too. I just I, I'm not at the point where I'm like. Ugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice I'm those years on the back end. Me. I think. I'll, I'll take the coffee. I'll just I'll just cut those five years off the back end. That's fine. Yeah, just you know? yeah, just make me die earlier. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to get in and ask you a little bit about you know when you have such kind of success that you have and you go to LA and you're trying to you're trying to make it. I think people on the outside look at it and be like, oh, she's like a big star already and like everything is she's got it all made. And I feel like people maybe don't know about the hustle, like the, oh the my daily God. hustle. To make things happen, because because we've seen you in like I saw you in a, in a commercial for NASCAR, which was great. Yeah, it was. She was as abuela messing with like the NASCAR drivers. That was drivers. hilarious. And I just feel like you're one of these people that like uh, you're gonna someone's gonna say that you were an overnight success, and it was like an overnight success twenty years in the making. You know, I really feel like that. <laughs> twenty forty, who knows how long oh, it's gonna man. take to get. Um, I try my best to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is hard. I think anybody in entertainment, even for journalists, it's like you always want the next best thing that reach right. the next big milestone or goal. Um, but it's important to celebrate where you're at now. And even if you think it's small, because, you know, if the pandemic has taught us anything is that life is short and you, you have to be because at, at the end of the day, I always try to think of my past self, like my 10 year old self, my 15 year old self my early 20s self who was in debt, working odd jobs, struggling. Um, and what, thinking, odd jobs, what odd jobs did you work that were memorable? I did a lot of retail, which obviously that's not okay. odd, but that's part of my struggle, right? I worked sure, a lot sure. of retail, and then I was the Nesquik Bunny mascot, brand ambassador yes. for, for Nestle. Nice. I, nice. You were in the suit? I was in the suit. Nice. I worked a lot of Miami events um, and marathons and all that stuff in the suit. I was a, a pet sitter, a pet sitter dog walker for very rich Miami elites. Yep, for the <laughs> rich dog moms. Got many stories. If you ever want to have another episode, I have many uh, weird stories um, of these people. Uh, and well, what well, else? Give us, one, give us one weird story because clearly one stuck in your head. Give us a weird story about being a dog walker for a rich mom. For Miami's rich people, yes. I, it was usually cat dads, believe it or not, cat Perfect. dads. Beautiful, Ooh. I feel it. Were. This is terrifying. I don't even know if I want her to tell us these stories, Carlos. Who That's are cat dads? A lot of That's men had like, like penthouses and brickle and, and they were like international travelers. And so this one dude was in Sweden when I had to pet sit his three large, very sweet male cats. And, you know, cats are hit or miss. They're either very lovable and, you know, very, you know, cariñosos. And then other times you don't know even where they are. You sure. need to find them to make sure they're alive. Um, so his cats were kind of shy. But the rule was with his cats that I had to be there for an hour every day. Okay. And so he specifically played cnn for his cats like cnn the news i don't freaking remember what what i think it was <laughs> so cnn funny. he was at cnn playing for the cats and then he had like this laptop on the coffee table in front of the couch where i had to usually be with the with the camera on oh that's a, so weird a, a sticky that's note creepy. saying do not turn off the camera or the computer so then one day i'm opening the door and I hear a guy talking, but I'm assuming it's the TV. And I enter and he's like, oh, you're here. Oh, my God. He's been like, he's been live Skyping with his cats. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. He was Skyping with his cats from Sweden. And then I was like awkwardly forced to talk to him and his Swedish girlfriend who was making fun of him for Skyping with his cats. With his cats. Um, yeah. A lot it. of he cat had... dads would spy on me. I would get spied on a lot by cat dads. Oh, that is so That is weird. creepy, and I am disturbed. That kind of tracks, I think. I think that tracks, though. Yeah, it does. Why don't creepy. you just take your cats to Sweden? Hello. I don't your... know. It's weird. And cats are pretty self-sufficient. Like, they can yeah. survive a zombie apocalypse. Um, totally. Yeah, if, if you left a pile of food for a cat, the cat would 
and like, oh, I better just eat a little bit of food because there's yeah. this, only this pile. Whereas the dog would be like, how quickly can I get to the bottom of this pile? Yeah, and the dogs need to be walked and taken out and the whole thing. But I actually had it worse with cat people. Right. Well, cat people are weird. Yeah, I will they say really that. are. Like, and, and a man who's super into cats, I think that's, that's kind of weird. But there is one with a dog that I have to tell the story. Tell me. His name was Enzo, and he's a beefed up, roided Weimaraner. Um, gorgeous dog. It was in Coral Gables. Uh-huh. And um, the, act, the couple is actually a famous couple. Like, the, the, the guy is a fetal surgeon, like a famous fetal surgeon from oh, really? University of Miami. And the wife is a gynecologist. Oh, wow. Um... And apparently the dog is military trained, oh. but he's also sexist. So the dog <laughs> did not care about me and my, and I'm, again, I'm five foot one, freaking hundred pounds with this muscle dog. And one time, first of all, one time I lost him in the golf course. Oh man. They second, love to run. <laughs> second time he hates. So this dog hates mailmen and anybody who delivers things. And I was approaching his house and there's a, delivery guy a ups guy standing at his truck and he looks at me and i'm holding this massive dog and i'm looking at him and i'm like do not get out of your truck i'm gonna keep walking because i was almost at his house the ups guy did not listen to me oh man next thing i know it's like my life flashed before my eyes i felt like i entered a cartoon sequence enzo takes off i end up holding on to him from the leash he drags me oh oh Oh, All no. the way, like two houses down, drags no. me, drags me. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't let go because, again, this dog has gone lost before. Next thing I know, I get up and the freaking guy is hiding behind his truck like a little chicken shit. Hiding from <laughs> Enzo. Like, and you're like, I told you don't get out of the truck. I lost it. I, I was bleeding. My, my knees were all oh, scraped. Wow. I, and I started cursing at him. Oh, my God. All kinds of barbaridades. So. Wow. So she went through the ringer to be yeah. to be to be the famous abuela, man, to get to, know, to get to abuela. Again, like, she I had know, to walk a lot of Enzo's. <laughs> yeah. And like the last job I had was at Univision. I was a quality control editor for telenovelas. Nice. Oh, I don't know promos. Oh, quality. So so what we're seeing is the quality version. We're not seeing yeah, what ended up on the All that really floor. means is that you're basically making sure the promos are in good shape before they go to air. And, like, I had to kind of add the esta noche, mañana, en solo minutos. Oh, you were the Mr. Big Voice. You were the Mrs. Big well, Voice. I didn't do the voices. <laughs> oh, I thought that would be so funny. That'd I worked with the VO talent, and then, like, you know, I would in- enter the graphics to do all the different variations of the promo, the 30-second, the 15-second. Um, you have a great voice for that, though. Like, obviously, you're a voiceover actress. You have a great voice for that. T- tell me about that a little bit, because that that thing where you're, people are maybe hearing your voice in different ways, you know, like in back of voiceover cartoons, and they don't know it's Jenny Lowe. So, like, which ones Sometimes are you? It's obvious, because a lot of shows have taken a liking to my abuela voice. And oh you're like, goodness. more abuela. They, I sound, <laughs> there's, but not all of them, thank goodness. So I love being able to show my range beyond the abuela voice because I don't want people to think that's all I can do. But my first uh, voice acting gig was with Cartoon Network's Victor and Valentino. Okay. It's uh, essentially a Mexican-American animated series. It's all in English, but there's Spanish in there. Cool. And my character, Lupe, she's not... If you look up her character, she's not specifically known to be a Cuban character, but she, the, the creator is Diego Molano, and he's Cuban from Miami, and oh, he created wow. the show. So he appreciated that he's voice. Mega, so he was Buenazo, like, like, be the Cubanasa be the that you, yeah, so he's that like, you have inside. He's like, I want you to sound like Tony Montana. Now, she's young. She's a 14-year-old kid, but they let me keep my deep voice. Because animation's animation. Like, sometimes... Yeah, do what you want. You can, you know, they, they'll go with weird directions like that. So some people will say she still sounds like Abuela because obviously it's my deep voice and it's a Cuban accent, but I don't age the voice, right? But that one's like very Cubanasa. And then I've gotten to voice other characters on the show as well. And then I got um, Jellystone, which is Hanna-Barbera. Basically all the characters that you grew up with back in the day, Top Cat, 
Hardy Har Har and Lippy Lion, Yogi Bear, oh, all sweet. these characters in one universe. And oh, it's wow. on HBO Max. Amazing. Oh, HBO Max. Okay. We're going yeah, to so look voice, for it there. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, the first two seasons are already there. So you can check it all out. What's the name of the um, show? Jellystone. Jellystone. Okay. Right mm-hmm. on. We're going to check you out there. So I voice a variety of characters. I voice Choo Choo, Bobby Louie, uh, Pixie, and Hardy Har Har. And Hardy Har Har is the one that sounds like Abuela. <laughs> like it's entirely <laughs> Abuela. Do, do the, the Hardy Har Har. Do it, do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, well, that, that's actually got to be a little bit more difficult, right? Because as Abuela, you get to put on the clothes and you're like, that helps get into character. But when you're voice acting, it's like you are right now, basically. You're in a studio, right? No, I now guess you gotta it's follow the script. It's studio, it's easier. Mm-hmm. I think the most challenging, so I guess I could say this because it was on our podcast, but my co-host, Joanna Hausman, she's head writing on a Venezuelan American animated series for Disney. Ooh. It's not out yet. But Joanna Hausman, even though she's Venezuelan, her grandma is Cuban. Okay. So she wanted the grandma character in the show to be Cuban. And so she had me audition and I booked it. So this nice. is another character. Nice. Based on Abuela. Based, based on, on Abuela. But it's more based on Joanna's Cuban Abuela, right? right? Like she's not anime. She doesn't look like my character, but the voice. Now, the challenging part of that is because usually for animation, especially kids animation, you need to talk fast. Mm-hmm. The abuela character in my sketches is very slow. Like, hola, mi niña, como esta? This time, it was like I was in the recording booth and they're like, faster, you got to go faster, you got to go faster, you got to go faster. Wow. So it was learning to speed up. <laughs> this character that you this made character. purposely slow. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. But like you can, I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with like just writing one character no, until you make it. people. And then no, like, I was going to ask, you know? Yeah, like what would it take? Like what level of, what project level would you have to be at for you to be like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to do a whale anymore. Because no, I feel like I would it, always do it. Yeah. I would always do it because I know how, how happy it makes people. It's, people just like the voice. Like it's usually a lot of these white, white execs and casting directors are like, yeah, diversity. And they just <laughs> give it, you know, they're like, screw it, fine. Um, because that's what happened with Jellystone. I was only cast initially as Bobby Louie. Bobby Louie, as people call Baba Louie, Baba Louie, um, she was the Mexican donkey in the universe. And a lot of them were male characters. So I'm voicing a lot of characters that used to be male in the original episodes. And I remember saying that Bobby Louie had to be Latina. Um, and I did a take with an accent. I did a take without an accent. And they chose my actual voice. She just sounds a little more um, business-like. She talks like this. And, and very, you know, uh-huh, very robotic. <laughs> and that's her like voice. It. And so I thought, okay, this is the only character I'm going to do. But what I've learned over time is that once you're cast on a show, they're going to ask you to voice a million other people. So some days I'll show up and they're like, okay, we're going to give you Hardy Har Har. What do you got? Oh, <laughs> and so okay. I'm there like, uh, I, I, uh, and then I just do all these voices that just come out of me. And then they're like, oh yeah, we'll make her this Latina. Because Hardy Har Har is like, they made her a little viejita. Right. You know? So, and yeah, so it's like, easier. Do they show you a picture? This is the character you're going to do? Oh, so that helps wrap your brain around it. You must have, you must have practiced uh, improv a lot coming up to, to be able to be good at something like that, right? Yeah, I did a lot of improv since high school. And then when I came out here, I did Groundlings and some UCB. Um, a lot of the videos, all my videos are written. They're They're... You know, we, we write a full script, mm-hmm. but there's always room for improv, not just with my own stuff, but with, with the other actors, especially Laura Di Lorenzo, who's Chonga Girl. Um, oh, okay. And she's one of my favorite comedy partners. She plays Milta, um, Abuela's Frenemy. And yes, especially when I, I act with her, there's a lot of improv with her, you know, which is so much fun because I look up I to, love when they were trying to out COVID each other. <laughs> do you remember that one <laughs> why what we're, we're gonna do one soon of abuelas one-upping at a funeral perfect we've been wanting to do that for a while and yeah no i love i love working with her i love working with all these really talented comedic you know character actors it's, it's such a blast because once you're Lauda's very similar to me she's all about the details and really embodying a character so 
when we're in these care like costumes, it's hard not to improvise. Right. Oh my God, I, I can't. I have to ask you, Rita Moreno. Like you were an abuela in your abuela gear, and you got to meet and do like a little. Was it a sketch with Rita Moreno? That's gonna be me like. Me and Laura did a full sketch with Rita Moreno, who was incredible. I think anytime you work with a celebrity, there's always this like their reps make them sound seem like divas in a way. They're like, okay, Rita only has 20 minutes. Yes. 20 minutes, and that's it. Very familiar. And when Rita came in, she's like, no, no, we'll do it again. That is so Like, great. she was a really good sport about it. She was amazing. I didn't feel any bad vibe, you know? Like, because, claro, not everyone in Hollywood is. She's a freaking EGOT. Yeah, she, man. Yeah. She doesn't have an ego. And I've met internet TikTok famous kids, and I'm like, calm down. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, my God TikTok mother. paid for my Lambo. Uh, Meanwhile, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with Rita Moreno, and you can right. have your little TikTok fan. Did she get abuela? Did she get like what you were doing? Where you were coming with, from? She, did she appreciate yeah. your the whole? It's definitely because it's. I feel like it's a part of her generation. You know, like Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, all these women who, and again, Vicky Lawrence. Like that was a big part of comedy back then, and even in the '90s, that I feel is really missing today. Other than like what Tyler Perry is doing. Mm-hmm. But oh, back then it was like Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, yes. um, especially black comedians. Like that was, a you know, the Wayans brothers. Yep. There's a lot of heavy like character acting. And I'm not seeing as much of that anymore. And in fact, my pilot script, which is called Abuela's Family, it's a hybrid of Mama's Family and Que Pasa USA. Oh, my God. Oh, please and I, make that. Please oh, my God. Make please that. make that show for sure. I would like I would watch to. That. I think um, it's. It's written. It's. Uh, I would totally you know. watch that. Oh my god! And you have to have Tia Gloria. She's the best. And you have to have her have the scrub daughter, who everybody's pretend. Or Tia Gloria is pretending like she's super successful when she's actually just a scrub. It's it's the the best part of that whole. Of it's that so whole cool. Oh my god! Universe. Catching her in all these lies with her like. Oh her my god! It's so great. Always traveling in Tahiti and like he's actually. Like, like yeah, she's separated. just sitting sitting at home like doing nothing. People love people love the drama and like, yeah, we're always trying to think like right now I'm trying to develop an animated series about these characters um, and a sketch show. But that's something that I want to come. Obviously, the pandemic made things really difficult in terms of pitching shows. And now I'm like, I still think there's something really special here. I, you know, when you work alone a lot of times you don't know what impact you're making. Like it's just me and a couple friends and my husband and you know, we're just, I'm in my computer. Um, I don't work for anybody, obviously in terms of my stuff, right? Claro, like voice acting and Disney is is separate, but I don't go to work. It's not like when I used to work at Buzzfeed or me too, where I was creating content specifically for another network. And so I'm, I'm my own boss in many ways. And sometimes it gets lonely. Well, I was, I, I wonder how do you measure success when you're doing it all by yourself for your own platforms? Like, how do you measure success? Is it like, okay, this is successful if it gets a certain amount of uh, views or it's successful if it pays for itself? It's successful if, if like, what is the measure? The measure for me is it, when you work at a company like BuzzFeed, you're kind of brainwashed to think that your worth is tied to virality, how viral your videos go, how many numbers. But t- the, the honest truth is, you talk to any content creator, everyone's struggling right now regarding the algorithm on any platform. Um, it's, it's very unfair to creators and entrepreneurs and you know, business owners because it's unpredictable. Um, and there's even people, I know people that work at these companies and they're like, shrug. So I'm here like, <laughs> great, I'm screwed. So I can no longer go by views and shares because half the time, more than half of my audience doesn't even see when I post something. Mm because of the algorithm. So what I use to measure how well my content is doing is that is, is people's comments, people's emails to me, um, meeting people in person. So, so I just feedback. did a talk in Miami. Yeah. Like, like recent, I'll give you a recent example. I was at E America's, which was, um, uh, a tech convention in Miami beach. And I spoke, um, on behalf of Miami-Dade College, because I, I went to Miami-Dade first, and then I went to UM. So when I w- they announced me and everything, but I didn't really promote it much. And I get there, and there were so many people there who came specifically to this event, 
It wasn't for cryptocurrency. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was for abuela. That's down the hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, what's always impactful is like, for instance, it was a woman around my age, you know, millennial with her two young kids, like ages seven and nine. And then her mom, a true abuela, all fans. Awesome. Like this viejita came to a Miami tech event <laughs> to see me talk. And then her little kids, she's like, this is like, she's like, you're the first celebrity my kids are ever meeting in person. And they Aww. were just like, you could, they were like so shy and like, and that's I how forget. I feel too. That's how I feel about <laughs> Jenny too. Well, first, you know, we didn't, we didn't grow up with YouTube celebrities as kids for right. us. Celebrities True. were whoever we saw on TV and film. Totally. Right. Right. But I'm in my head. It's almost like hard to grasp that kids view YouTubers and TikTokers as celebrities too, because they they're consuming these people through this medium that I guess, I guess our generation myself included. And I hate to say it cause I rely on these platforms, but sometimes I'm like, eh, do I take it seriously? Or I feel like people won't take me seriously until I'm really doing, you know, television um, because digital content is still considered second tier. Um, you well, know. there's an actress that was that was doing um, videos on BuzzFeed that now has a TV show called Abbott Elementary. I can't oh, remember what her name my was. Friend Quinta Brunson. Girl, I remember her from BuzzFeed and I remember her being really funny on BuzzFeed. And then I mm -hmm. remember seeing oh, Jesus Christ, this is a great show. And so mm -hmm. I was, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, well, this is where she was trying to go with that. Like that, Same that's, with me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess everything is about finding your niche too, right? Like, like I keep thinking, when I watch some of, when I watch some of your stuff, I feel like there is like a genesis at like Que Pasa USA and like a generation of, of people that we grew up, you know, with our family that we grew up. And I and I remember um, the oh, I can't think of her name Calderon who does um, oh, Gloria Calderon Gloria Calderon who's part of uh, One Day at a Time the new One Day mm -hmm. at a Time which they're a Cuban family and I was like this is totally Que Pasa USA vibes and she's admit she's not admitted it she said yeah we drew inspiration from that and and I wonder if like I don't know do you remember that show do you remember was that like source material do I remember that show I have the DVD set obvio <laughs> <laughs> yes excuse me the answer is I. Yes love that show to me it's the holy grail i i talked to the cre oh it's because of you carlos i talked to luis santero because of you oh did you oh he's a you wonderful man I'm that glad conversation you up for me some years back and i'm super appreciative it was a very it was a very important yet also kind of sad conversation and mainly because it was eye-opening because luis was like the only reason why i was able to get away with such an authentic cuban-american show is because it was a PBS educational series. I didn't have these like Hollywood clueless white guys breathing down my neck because what happened was after the success of Que Pasa USA, he said he tried to pitch other Latino shows and they kept getting turned down. Yes. As a matter and of fact, was, Norman, Norman Lear uh, was, had, had been watching Que Pasa USA when he created One Day at a Time. Like he was like, that was, that wow. was part source that was material. Template. So it's like, wow. you know what I mean? So like, there's a little bit of like that appropriation, like, and Lisa said it to me. He's like, I know that he saw the show. I know him. I know that he saw the show. I know he was in a way inspired by it. And it's, it's, so it's nice to see it at least be of the more uh, uh, authentic version of where it came from. Kind of a, kind of a wow moment, right? Well, he was also extremely ahead of his time because, so there's a thing going on in Hollywood right now regarding Latino stories. Hmm. where Latinos are trying to pitch shows or working on shows that have been greenlit and making them as authentic as possible. But once again, the white execs at the top who are clueless about our culture tr are so scared of Latinos looking bad that they try to remove every flaw to the point that it's unrealistic and no longer relatable, no longer authentic, no longer funny. Characters have to be flawed yeah. in order to educate. So right. Luis Antero, there were so many lessons on sexism, racism, homophobia, uh, double standards with Gamencita and her brother. Yeah. There was like one specific episode where Pepe was like typical Latino dad who wanted his son to lose his virginity. But Gamencita, God forbid. Mm -hmm. right. And you learn, you, you are in a way, it's like 
through comedy, you can still educate people on like, this is messed up, right? right. But yep. like, you have to let the characters be flawed. Mama's family, Archie Bunker is a big example. Like, mm-hmm. he, was he was a huge, yeah, he was a huge yeah. bigot, but that's kind of how they taught the lessons. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you, and I feel like we're starting, we're losing that, especially with, with Latino content because. Do you feel like it's like they're trying to be too pan Latin? Like they're not letting you be specific? Do you feel like they're they're afraid that we're going to lose the odd? It's a lot of like issues with money. Like, oh, no one's going to relate if it's too Latino. Um, I've been told that before by some executives, like my, my stuff that I'm trying to pitch is too Latino. I know other people who are in the process of working on some Latino shows or writing on Latino shows. And the wall they keep hitting is that the, the execs are basically try to water down our stories. Like if they want to make the dad like a typical machita guy, it's like, oh no. Like you can't have any slight homophobia, any slight like mm-hmm. colorism. And that's what I bring in my sketches. Even Abuela is flawed because my Abuela in real life, who I love to death, mm-hmm. may she rest in peace, had some pretty caquita ideals and I would fight her about them all the time. And it's not that I'm saying abuelas are evil, but I'm like, dude, come on. Like the reality is, you know, um, we have all these issues that could also be made fun of. Like Dia Gloria is a, again, prime example, this like one upmanship, this jealousy, this envidia, um, this like classism. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. classism in Miami. And as again, the poor kid in a private school, I dealt with that a lot of like these girls with their Louis Vuittons talking crap about girls like me who, First of all, I never even tried to have a fake Louis or anything, but I would hear them talking poorly about other girls and their fake Louis and and, you know, what kind of car they drive. And it was about how much money you had. And um, so I I picked up on a lot of that and I like to make fun of it. (laughs) I'd watch that show. Yeah, man. I I watch that show. (laughs) Here's to hoping that that abuela Que Pasa USA inspired show gets made because Dude, I, I, I would light a you candle. Are, you are five minutes from being too big Dude, for being on the like, podcast. Like, yeah, oh the tipping, my God. It, yeah, it's a tipping. We got her right I know, before. And that'll we be got a good her right thing. before she hired that person that was like, I oh, hope she's so. so busy. I can't wait for the day where she won't return my messages because that means <laughs> no, she will have made Carlos. it. She will have made it. I'll be like, I know her. Well, people, listen, before, people are hungry for it, man. Like, yeah, again, like 100%. One of the number one comments I get is like, Oh my God, can you bring back Kipasa USA? <laughs> like, I didn't even create the show, but I guess they feel like that's what's so uh, important about digital creators yeah. is that we're creating the real authentic stuff because no one's telling us what to do. Right, right. But then when we try to sell it to TV, that's where the struggle begins. Right. right. Well, listen, before we let you go, because we're going to let you go because you've been so gracious with your time, we're going to ask you to play Food Kiss Mary Kill. Everybody, we because remember, even though we talked about TV and, and the internet all day, this is a food podcast. Yes, food podcast. you're right. <laughs> so, so hearkening back, we're going to ask you to play Kiss Mary Kill with three food items, and uh, let's say impossible meat pastelitos, those those uh, chickpea croquetas that you liked, and I know that you can't have cafecito, but I'm going to throw cafecito you in can, there. You can honestly use the non-vegan stuff. All right. All right. So what well, like in make? a perfect world Bat- where you Batelito. didn't have to, where you didn't yes. have, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, your yeah, guts, like where your guts were super resilient. Where you didn't have the tum-tum problems. So what is it? The Pastelito, croqueta, and a cafecito. Kiss, Mary kill. I would kiss the cafecito. Okay. Um, marry the pastelito and I hate to say it, but kill the croqueta. <laughs> yes. The yes. Because you know what? Mike Belchin had a good idea about this too, because the pa- pastelito can be both savory and sweet. It can have yes. meat inside. It can have guayaba inside. And I hope yeah. somebody makes an impossible pastelito. Just so for you. you. Can, just for you. You deserve <laughs> it. Well, they do in vegan Cuban cuisine. Well, all by that. Oh my God! It's in I would be so interested to see what you think if you review the place. I am gonna check. I am a hundred percent gonna check it out after this conversation. Awesome! Yeah. Oh, wow. and have really good batido de mame vegan. Oh, mm. I like that. I and like that's that. something I hadn't that. had in a long time, and I was so freaking happy. Anyway, what's the awesome? Next one? <laughs> awesome. Well, you done it, girl. Thank you so much for making the time, Jenny. 
Te mandamos un abrazo yeah, fuerte from you. the 305. We love you and we want the best for you. Only good things. Thank so you do, so much. Where do the people find you? Give us the last shameless plug. Where do you want people to go find you? The easiest thing is to just type Jenny Lorenzo on any social platform that you prefer because I put her. my videos everywhere. Perfect. Go find her videos, people. Jenny, <laughs> deuces. Thank Take you, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. She's, she's like the best favorite person people. ever. I love she's her. She's the best person ever. And she's dude. Kendall adjacent, so I know that you dude, like her even she's more. Kendall, because she's from Westchester, you know. Westchester. So, so, you know, like, whenever you're feeling sad and lonely, you can go down a Jenny Lorenzo rabbit hole and just, like, laugh for hours. Like, On that's what platform. I do. On any, any platform. On, there's some Instagram. That's where I saw the bell thing. And uh, YouTube, obviously, is all kinds of stuff that she has there. So it's she's she's the best. Yeah, she's the best. We're Amy? lucky to have her. We're lucky we to have Miami's lucky to, to to claim her. Amy, that feels like a show. Feels like a show. Go take a little coronavirus repose. A corona nap. We're taking take a, corona naps. Yeah. Go take a little and, nap. Uh, and we're going to be back next week, uh, hopefully uh, healed from this thing. Or at least no longer contagious. Yeah. All right. Deuces. Bye. Bye.